Take away snatch. Just look at the eye test. Luka Doncic hasn't been playing better than Damian Lillard this season. If you really just look at the eye test and watch the games, I mean, Damian Lillard, what he's doing this year is phenomenal. I always said this thing about Luka Doncic. The media, the media messed up Luka Doncic last year, and I'm gonna tell you they why. love him because they overhyped him. They overhyped the mess out of Luka. They after that bubble when they lost to the Clippers in six games, they put they they put this man on such a pedestal. Opulent Inventory, our proud partners here on the show. Now you can finally have the Apple product times the Apple guys. That's right, from AirPods to iPhones to MacBooks to Apple Watches to trade-ins and much more. Now you can have the Apple product of your dreams. Promo code podcast gets you 20% off. That's right, 20% off on any Apple item. Visit Opulent Inventory, Nash and Guardian. Those are great guys on all social media platforms, and on Instagram. Now, let's head back to the show. We are back here in the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. NBA news, NBA coverage, All-Star Weekend. All this and much, much more. Inside Studio Z, where we reside, myself and Michael Gray. Back at it again. Mike, tri-state area, Mike. You're starting to get acclimated. You're starting to get familiar. You're starting to... you big time now, Mike. You big time. I heard you big time now in the tri-state, eh? No, nah, we trying to get like you, Sebi. It's all good. <laughs> but, uh, it's... And it's it's dope out here. It's another week of great basketball, another week of sports. This is uh, I just I'm loving it, man. You know, we of course we had another snow another snowstorm yesterday, but it was minor. It wasn't nothing too crazy. But uh, you know, everything's everything's good out here in the trust state, man. What's going on down south? Yeah, down south is, is is very is very cool. You know, we got a little seventy degrees, eighty degrees here and there. Oh, wow. Last yesterday we had a little rain, but nevertheless, man, it's it's been great weather, man. I can't complain, can't complain at all. Now probably not beach weather. The water's pretty cold, but other than that, it's it's just still still very good weather. I can't complain. Oh, always always vacation vibes. Whenever you think about Miami and Florida in general and stuff like that, so I mean Orlando and things. So it's I'm not surprised. I I definitely got to take a trip out there soon. You have to have to, of course. Speaking of taking a trip, uh, let's take a trip to around the the new and all around the league. Um, there's a lot of news, Mike. Obviously, the Draymond Green. Uh, comments has been going on in the NBA. We have DeMarcus Cousins being let go. Four-time All-Star DeMarcus Cousins let, being let go from the Houston Rockets, according to The Athletic. Um, we also got the Lakers, who've been losing four of their last five, Mike, letting uh, Quinn Cook leave their team, waving them earlier this morning. A lot of things that's been going on in the NBA um, outside of just players playing in the hardwood. Yeah, it has. It has. It's been a, a, a interesting season. There's been a lot of different storylines, a lot of different headlines. It's uh, it's been a myriad of things going on right now. You know, you got like you said, Brooklyn has kept off their road trip, going undefeated. Um, uh, you talked about the Draymond Green situation with getting ejected, the the situation with the referees this year, and the and the flack and the slack that they're getting uh, with some of the calls this year. It's, it's a lot going on on the court, off the court. It's uh. It's been it's been a roller coaster ride so far, but that's why we're here. And um, you know these these games are adding up. It's it's great basketball every single day. Uh, it's it's a lot of different storylines, but but definitely um the one that stands out to me the most right now would probably be that uh that this Brooklyn team or what we're saying. Oh, absolutely for sure, Brooklyn, Mike, eleven and one against over five hundred teams. That means teams that are yeah. contenders or it's borderline contenders or title contenders. They are eleven and one against that five and zero. Oh, on their West Coast road trip, six and zero overall. Um, Mike, they beat the Lakers, they beat the Clippers in that same road trip. They beat Phoenix. Uh, they those are quality teams. Though you're not beating that that isn't Pistons, Orlando Magic, or the Timberwolves or anything like that. Those are quality teams 
that they are beating night in and night out. And you're seeing the continuity between Kyrie and James Harden with the absence of Kevin Durant, Mike. You're starting to get that cohesion going. And I think moving forward, going to the postseason, I think those two, you know, chemistry-wise is more important than Kevin Durant because I do believe Kevin Durant can play in any team, any program, in any system, and he'll just be able to fit right in. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Kevin Durant can can has has shown great success when he's been with both those guys individually, and it's been a duo. But now, but when they come together, we we've seen how great they are, and they're only going to get better, Sebi. I mean, when you think about the fact that they've only played what six, seven games together when as the big three, and they're only going to get even better as time goes on. And that West Coast trip was great for them. That they they got some continuity, some chemistry. Now they get to come back home and host a little home, little home uh, home cooking. Uh, right. Yes. Some home cooking tonight against the Sacramento Kings, so it should be interesting. I do expect a little bit of a letdown early in this game because you know how it is coming off a West Coast road trip. The best way, to, the best, the best, the best time to get a, a rolling team is fresh off a road trip, and uh, so I do expect a little bit of a letdown early on in this game. But uh, Sacramento, Sacramento will definitely give them some fight, but uh, I, I still think they'll win. But Brooklyn is a. Uh, it's one of those. It's one of those teams. It's one of those things right now where they're just they're cooking. I mean, they, who would have thought, Sebi? These two guys, James Harden, who, who was labeled selfish, Kyrie, who was labeled selfish, are able to come together. And when they're out there, they're flowing like good chemistry. It doesn't even look like they get in their own way of of uh, of their own individual games. They 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 both uh, coincide with each other, and it's, it, it looks like it looks like a good mess right now so far. And, and when you drop Kevin Durant in the mix. It, it only it only bodes well for this team. Absolutely, absolutely, there for sure. This team is going to be formidable. I, I I think Mike, they're hitting their stride at the right time, right before the All Star break. And I don't think any team in the Eastern Conference, including the top uh, seeded Sixers, want to face this team heading into the postseason. Uh, there for sure. Let's talk about my Boston Celtics, Mike. Obviously, we've been struggling under five hundred for the first time in nearly six or seven seasons. Uh, we saw what happened. It was on nationally televised on Sunday, um, 3.30 in <laughs> the Big Easy against uh, the New Orleans Pelicans in the Smoothie King Center. Boston goes up uh, up 24. 24. Right? They go up 24. And I actually had a bet that day. And so how, how it is is, <laughs> oh, and, and thank goodness for early payouts, Mike, because how it works is if a team goes up 20 points, you win. You win the bet, regardless yeah. if they win or lose. Thank goodness, Mike, right. because what happened? That that was a debacle. I don't know what happened in that third and fourth quarter. In fact, we were up, I think, mid-third, 20-something. And then next thing you know, the, the letdowns, Mike, and we saw this in the bubble last year. That almost cost mm-hmm. us the Toronto series. Letdowns after big leads. It cost us the Miami series. We were up double digits in game one and game two. And then we let Miami get those two games this year. It's been a reoccurring theme again, getting big leads and then taking their foot off the pedal. This team just doesn't find a way to close games. And I think we got to start looking at Brad here. We got to start looking at Brad Stevens here. Yes, we understand Mm. Kimball Walker is hurt and he's dinged up. And we understand how big of 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 an absence Marcus Smart is. Marcus Smart is the guy that actually orchestrates the offense, but he's the heart and soul of the defense. He's actually the anchor. So those two guys, of course, they're hurting us. But, Mike, we got to look at Brad Stevens. We know X's and O's. He's as good as it gets. But my question is, is we see how nonchalant he is when they, when, when they have him wired up in the coach's press box and talking to his team. I don't know if he's got right. that fiery, that, 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 that fiery knack where he can just motivate players. That's where I question because there's no way you can have a 24-point lead you're cruising, and then next, you know, with a blink of an eye, you're down three, down five uh, to Zion, Brandon Ingram, and, and company. And, and hey, kudos to them. Zion was a beast in that second half. He had four points in the first half, Mike, but, I mean, he absolutely dominated in that second half. And, and I thought the, the X factor was Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart's defense. Their, their, their defense – with just being tenacious on that ball, their on-ball defense has been was absolutely the reason why that the Pelicans turned that around. And if I'm Stan Van Gundy, the the Pelicans have Mike. They have the ability to play defense like that. But oh yeah, they just you look at the standings. They're like 
bottom third and giving up points. They just give up points. They score a lot. They score in bunches, but they give up a lot. And so opponents just shoot over 45, 50% against them and just have a clinic on them. But when they actually have a chance to have Lonzo Ball for all the critics he gets, Lonzo Ball is a fantastic on-ball defender. And we know about Josh Hart too. When they want to buy in, it just seems that all of a sudden Brandon Ingram uses that length that he has. Zion Williamson uses that frame, that leaping ability to become a shot blocker. This team has the ability to play defense like that. But the thing yeah. is consistency. And I think, you know, if I'm Stan Van Gundy, this is the tape I show them. We can, if we can play like this every game, we can be in contention to be a six or eight seed in the Western Conference. I, uh, they, they have that ability to do that. But this bodes to the Celtics because I, I think, Mike, there, there's problems because you got Brown, you got Tatum, you've got two scores that average about 26 plus a game. But who are the others? I, there has to be moves, and I think there's moves that's going to be made. But you got to look at Brad, and you got to start from there. From New Orleans, I'm going to start over New Orleans, then I'm going to segue over to Boston. For, from the uh, to, to your New Orleans point, you bring up a great point about, you know, this team and uh, how they, they have the ability to play uh, phenomenal defense on, on the perimeter and in the paint, uh, depending on their rotation. It just has to come from a consistent standpoint. We've seen stretches and we've seen moments, but we've never seen it consistently. And that comes with being a young team. A lot of people got to remember, this Pelicans team is still very young. This is a young ball club that is learning how to win ball games on the fly and on, on a more consistent basis, and that comes with experience. You're seeing this team. How many close games have the Pelicans blown in the last two years? And this year alone, this year alone, if you watch Pelicans games and you watch some of the games they've lost, they've lost games purely in the fourth quarter, dominating games through three quarters, playing great basketball through three quarters, but not having a way to close, not finding a way to close the ball game out. And that comes with youth and inexperience. And this team is continuing, continuously getting that experience. And that game on, on Sunday against Boston was another, uh, another, another piece of the evolution as a team. And individually as players as well, because their their superstar showed up. Bi with thirty three points, Zion with twenty eight. He had a, had a great 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 ball game. So the Pelicans are an up and coming team that can be very good on both sides. If it's up to Stan Van Gundy to channel to channel that energy and put it into all those guys to make sure to bring the best out of them and to to get that maturation process going, along with veterans on that team like JJ Redick and those guys. Now back to Boston. Boston is a situation where Boston to me Sebi, where. You have guys, you have a, uh, a team where how many times before you see a situation go like completely changed, like where, uh, where there's changes in a, a relationship or anything like that, where there was, st- there was stuff that led up to that point, and then all of a sudden it was a big blow up that just like, okay, well, then now we really got to make the move. Like this is the, uh, uh, the biggest sign that we got to blow this up, that we got to make this move. I think this was the biggest sign from Danny Ainge. You saw this buildup leading all the way up into that Sunday game. You heard Danny Ainge come out. In the um in the media last week and say I'm the one to blame when you look at this roster yeah. and you see the 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 the, the, the players that are, the product that's on the court that's on me. When you hear him say that and then you come out and you have a game like Sunday, that that's like the that's, that's the last that's straw, the, Mike. Yep, that's the last straw. That's the last straw. And for somebody as competitive as Danny Ainge, that would be the last straw for him seeing you blow a 24 point lead. That's the, the the subjects are not accustomed to doing that. So. Uh, I definitely see a move being made soon. I understand that Kimber and Marcus Smart are out, but we've seen players be out of this lineup uh, time and time again, especially Kimber, and they still find a way to win yep, ball games, agreed, still Mark. find a way to look at these very competitive. So <laughs> I'm not using that as a, a major excuse because this Boston team has really underperformed. And you have to look at Brad Stevens. One of the reasons why you have to look at Brad Stevens also to this point is because Brad Stevens, we've seen in the past, has a trouble managing superstar-type egos. Uh, big-time player-type egos. And the more that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown evolution as a player evolves into that stardom, might might bode bad news for Brad Stevens in Boston if he's not able to adapt and uh, and find a way to channel that energy and hone it in. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out for Brad Stevens in the future. He's always been a mild-mannered guy, but that mild-mannered energy is what got him to this point of being one of the top coaches in the league. So we'll see if he's able to adapt We'll see if, if it's something that he needs to do on his end to get the best out of this team because right now we're just not seeing his his message get through to them. I agree. I agree, Mike. And, and, and that's going to be a problem because there needs move. There has to be moves, Mike. You look at this roster, Grant Hill, uh, Grant Williams, Javante Green, yeah. uh, Carson mm-hmm. Edwards is in and out. But and Peyton Pritchard just solid Peyton off Pritchard, the bench. Yep. Uh, but Jeff Teague, he's not the guy that I thought that we picked up. Uh, it's – 
it's 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 a roster that Tristan Thompson either. So exactly, it's not a roster that you thought that you were gonna that was gonna exceed expectations from what we saw last year in the bubble. We saw strides exactly. from Grant Williams. We saw strides from uh, Javante Green defensively. Shemi Ojale had a great season thus far, especially with a three point line. But in the last recent games, he's gone non-existent. So there has to be. I got a question for you about. Sebi, I got a question for you about your Celtics, and it was something I was thinking about the other day. Last year in the bubble, what was one of the biggest problems that we lamented about the Celtics is that they they have the perimeter skill, they have the one-on-one guys, but they like bigs. Right. They like the bigs in the paint. I mean, Robert Williams came on, and he played very, he played pretty well in the bubble. He's, he's been very like, solid for us. I'd agree. He's been very solid, but he was, but the, the the Celtics knew that they had a, a deficiency in the paint. Mm-hmm. I I, I want to ask you this. Even though they had a deficiency in the paint from bigs, offensively they looked a lot more sharp with the smaller lineups and things like that, movement with the basketball. Mm-hmm. Everything looked a lot more fluid. Do you feel like because of the ins- the uh, the insertion of Tristan Thompson slowing the ball game down, you feel like that's hindering their offense to some degree and that has has something to do with some of their trouble? A little bit. And when you bring in Thompson and when you bring in Robert Williams, there's there's only so much that you can do, Mike, spreading the floor. In Boston, they, yeah. they like to go small. They like to spread the floor because they want the sport spread it out, spread it out for when when Brown and Tatum's on top of the key, they can have lanes where they can drive and kick or drive and yeah. get to the cup. You can't really do that because Williams, Robert Williams, and and, and Tristan Thompson clog up the paint. Now that's mm-hmm. good at times because for offensive glass, they're a menace on the on the boards. But for for players like that, it's like. You know they they want the 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 floor space and this is what today's games come. It's like are are we gonna put the big in and sacrifice rebounding and getting hammered on the glass, or do we want the floor spaced uh, for some of our elite players, our wing players, to get to the rim? We saw what Russell Westbrook yep. and Harden tried to do last year. That didn't work. Yeah. So right. you 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 try to sacrifice something. Now the reason that they like Tice a lot is because Tice can spread the floor. But yes. on the opposite end is he's given up a lot of size and a lot of height. So it's one of those pick and poison. I would like to have, if possible, I I would like Drummond. Now, Drummond, he he doesn't spread the floor around, but he he, he does all the dirty stuff, Mike. He's your utility guy. He he doesn't need a place to be run for him. He can get Mm -hmm. his his points off of putbacks, off of lobs, things like that. But also we needed that identity, that enforcer inside to rim protect, right? But we are giving up a lot. You know, not being able to spread up the floor. That was where the Blake Griffin conversation comes. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, we like can spread the floor with Blake Griffin. But then again, on the defensive end, he's given up a lot. Blake is 6'11", but Blake hasn't really been that guy throughout his career about being a defensive enforcer. So it, it, it's it's pick or poison, Mike, on, on what it needs. But there needs to be changes. I think not only a big Mike, but I think we also need a quality guy off the bench that we that can produce points, right? Nice. We thought Teague was that guy. Peyton Pritchard at times, but he's still relatively young. But this is where yeah. I think we've missed Brad Wanamaker. I think this is the this is the area uh, that I think we start to miss some of these guys, these quality guys that we let go in free agency, um, and just or some of them just walk. So um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, but I think Marcus Smart and Kimba as well is probably a big thing as well. But it, things to come, Mike. Yeah, definitely things to come. And I, 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 it was something I was thinking about because the spacing. I mean, they, they capitalized so much off that last year. And uh, this year, it just doesn't seem like it's been as fluid. The offense has been, hasn't been as fluid this year. Um, you know, the, the guys are still putting up big numbers, Tatum and Brown and those guys, but they're not as efficient. Another thing, another thing, Mike. Uh-huh. Last year, Boston was top five in defense, top five in offense, right? That That's yeah. what led them yeah. to the conference finals, and, and they took them to six games, although they, you know, they disappointed a lot of people. But uh, this year, you know, not the same. Not the same. And We've seen them play – it's kind of like the Pelicans. We've seen them play defense in spurts, but they haven't put a complete game yet. That's that's the problem. That is that is the problem. I think that they need to get back to to uh, to their identity. You think about Brad Stevens, you look at his resume from being hired in 13, 2013 to now. His teams have always been in the top ten in defense, sixth, third, fourth, fifth, fifth, third. You look at the rankings, Mike, this year – you don't see that. You don't see that. 
So I think that's an issue. And then offensively, if it isn't Brown, if it isn't Tatum, and at times Pritchard or or, or, or Kimba, who else? Right. So that's right. that's that's the that's the issue at hand. But I do think there's going to be some moves to be made, Mike. Oh, oh, there's definitely going to be some moves. Danny Ainge is not going to sit by and watch this product on the court. He's going to make something happen. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the changes that's, that's being made to this roster, uh, some of the improvements that they that they make on each end. And uh, I expect to see a, a much more competitive Boston team heading closer to the playoffs. Yeah, definitely there for sure. That actually shifts our gear now to what is going on in the entire NBA landscape. In about two nice. weeks' time, Mike, is the NBA All-Star Game. And uh, the All-Star starters were named uh, this past week. Um, yep. I'm your, your good man that, that's, that's been hibernating, that's been looking to get a starter, that's been looking to get into the All-Star game since last year, Mr. Bradley Beal, was named a starter. That, that was interesting to me, Mike. He was number one in the fan vote, number one by the media. Um, and this is a guy that I thought, because of Kyrie, because of Trey Young and, and some of these others, guards in the east i thought he'd he'd definitely make it but i thought he'd be a reserve but it was interesting that he's getting the love around the nba although he's on a bad team so i think gms executives around the league notice how good bradley bill is and that's the reason why he was rewarded with that starter position and well deserved put some respect on his name sebi bradley bill the brother's a baller, man. He's a bucket, he's man. in the league right now. Bucket. I mean, he's a, he's a he's a absolute bucket. He's one of the top two or three shooting guards in basketball, and I don't think he's three. You know, so <laughs> and this guy is he's special, man. He really is, and I'm I'm glad he got it started. Um, last year he we all know he deserved to be an All Star. It happened. It is what it is. This year they couldn't snub him. They 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 wanted to give it. They 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 couldn't snub him this year. They didn't want to snub him, and he gave them every reason not to. I mean, he came in leading the league in scoring. Uh, he's he's been he's been helping this team out. He's been doing it at such an efficient level. I mean, he's just a flat out bucket. And over the last five weeks, five or six five excuse me five or six games, I mean, on this five game winning streak that we're on right now. I mean, he's got us playing, playing very well. You got Kyrie in the starting at the point guard. He's been playing phenomenal, efficiently. Kevin Durant uh, has been doing his thing. Giannis, Giannis has been uh, Giannis has been Giannis. Uh, the team hasn't been as successful as they've been the last two years. We still been that dominant force, and Joel Embiid is my MVP. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad at the East starters at all. Yeah, I, I think they got it right, Mike. I, I think they, they got this one right. Maybe you could have put Hard in there, but I think overall body of work, I think Beal has had a better overall season given that he's working with less Mike he's working with less Washington and 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 for what he's being able to do I think he was well deserving um of being tabbed that that starter uh well absolutely for sure we look at the western conference um nothing glaring except the 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 shooting guard position Mike you got Steph you got uh, uh LeBron James Kawhi Leonard and then of course uh, who, um, Jokic, all of those guys, I think we don't have a problem with. But the the glaring issue here is Luka Doncic over Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard, Mike, is third in the NBA in scoring, number two in offensive efficiency. Without McCullum, without some of these key players that they have right now, Terry Scotts in this team has kept afloat as a top four seed in the Western Conference, and that's because mm-hmm. of the play of Damian Lillard. He's sacrificing a lot this year, Mike. More, he's scoring a lot. But less shots, and that's being able to get some of these guys involved. I thought, at least in the first part of the year, you look at all the stats. I think he's had a better overall year than Luka Doncic. I would have been, uh, I would have named him a starter over Luka. I think that's the only glaring thing that you can see in the West. That's the only glaring thing I have in the West as well. And I'm, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't really feel like even, even, even take away stats. Just look at the eye test. Luka Doncic hasn't been playing better than Damian Lillard this season. If you really just look at the eye test and watch the games. I mean, Damian Lillard, what he's doing this year is phenomenal. I always said this thing about Luka Doncic. The media, the media messed up Luka Doncic last year, and I'm going to tell you They why. love him. Because they overhyped him. They overhyped the mess out of Luka. They, after that bubble, when they lost to the Clippers in six games, they put, they, they put this man on such a pedestal, and they had such high expectations for him coming into this season that when he didn't meet those expectations that they put on him, he all of a sudden, oh, he's not that. Oh, he's this, he's, he's this guy. No, the Mavericks are still a young team. Luka is still a young player. This team is still about one or two years away from being that team that they expect them to be right now. 
So Luca was hit with some unreal expectations. He's still a great player, still putting up great stats. But how is that affecting the winners <coughs> column as far as the Dallas Mavericks are concerned? When you think about what Damian Lillard has done without Yusuf Nurkic, without C.J. McCullum for a long stretch of, of time, who was playing like an all-star before he got hurt, Damian Lillard has been carrying this franchise. And like you said, Damian Lillard is best when he's taking less shots and getting the ball more ball uh, rolling to his other players. And that's what he's been doing this season. He's also been hitting the shots at a very efficient rate as well. And he was on one of those – he got on one of those streaks that we saw in the bubble. He got on one of those hot streaks where he just – he couldn't miss. He was being clutched down, down, down the stretch. I mean, he's, he's, been a, he's been the glue for this team, the, lead, the true leader for that team. And he deserved to be the starter, uh, in my opinion, over Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic did not deserve to be a starter. He deserved to be an all-star. But he did not deserve to be a starter in the Western Conference this year over Damian Lillard. The uh, NBA dropped the ball with that yes, one. Yes, they did. Yes, they did as well. And, and, and see, so you get the fans. You get the – you know, the analyst votes, but I think it was the media. It's the media at the end of the day. They have, they have, they have their, their stuff. But I, I I would like, I would have loved to seen Damian Lillard at that started position um, instead of Luka Doncic. And I don't even think Luka's is is more deserving than Steph. So I, I I think to me, Luka, it was definitely deserving of, of a reserve spot rather than a starter spot. But that's just us, Mike. No, that is, that is just us. What the heck do we know? Because when we come back, we'll make our own reserves, right? We don't need a media or the yes. We'll make our own picks. The 70 Podcast Radio Show, live in Stite Studio Z. We are back here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Our second segment <clears throat> for today is the NBA All-Star Reserves. Mike, we have already named the starters. We didn't get a chance to do it that last week, but we are here to name our reserves. And I'll start off with your list, Mike. Um, yes. Very interesting names. So uh, let's let's see what you've got. Let's do it. So we're going to start off with the East. Um, I have my reserves. My reserve at point guard, I'm going to go with James Harden. I'm going to go with James Harden because ever since he's come over to Brooklyn, he's been a sensational point guard. I mean, at least the league in his sense, the numbers speak for itself, but I don't go by the numbers. The eye test, when I watch this brother play basketball, he play, he's playing so free. He's playing so confident. He's, he, and he seems very happy in Brooklyn playing with playing with these guys, man. And so I'm going with James Harden. And he's actually set it up defensively as well. Zach Levine. Zach Levine has been playing some tre- tremendous basketball, especially from an individual standpoint. I mean, offensive scoring for him is just too easy, Sebi. Right. I mean, it makes it look too easy. He's been on a tear, especially the last about, I want to say, nine games or so. It's, it's, it's been ridiculous, man. I, I couldn't, I could not leave Zach Levine off the All-Star team. I'm not looking at his team's success because I, I feel like his team is one of the most competitive teams in basketball if you take away their record and just watch the games. They're a very competitive team. But Zach Levine, he's special. Jason Tatum in my three. Uh, yeah, he's, he's he's been playing very well this year. You know, he's um, taking that next step and stuff. So I, I like what I'm seeing from Jason Tatum. He's at my three reserve. Julius Randle is my is my power forward reserve. Agree, Mike. Julius Randle has been playing very well for the Knicks. Sebi, in my opinion, the Knicks have exceeded expectations already. Mm-hmm. I don't think certain teams – um, expected them to look this good. They had won 15 games. I want to say last season they've already hit that mark this year. So it's it's going to be um it's, it's, it's impressive to see the Julius Randle play and he's balling out sensational. Domitas Sabonis. Indiana Pacers have been a quiet team that you know been going under the radar a little bit. They're still in the top four or five in the Eastern Conference, but the, but they but they've gone under the radar a little bit. But Domitas Sabonis has definitely gone under the radar because he's not a flashy guy, Seb. He's not a flashy right. scorer. He's not box office must see TV, but he gets the job done and he's been helping lead this that Indiana team. Jalen Brown, I'm going to go with Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown has imp- continued to improve his all-around game this year. I mean, all, we know what he does, brings to the table defensively, but offensively, it's, he's, he's turned into pretty much a walking bucket. And he's, he's getting to that point now. And I like what I'm saying from Jalen Brown uh, this year. Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward is in the conversation for comeback player of the year. I love what he's doing in Charlotte. He showed that in Boston, it was too many, it was too many players with, uh, um, in the same position 
on that team, and he, they didn't give him an opportunity to really to really do his thing and shine with those younger those young guys when they come up. And now he's in a new situation in Charlotte. He uh, the offenses the offenses are, are are ran through him a lot, and uh, he's making big big time plays. So those are my reserves for the east east side. Mm, interesting, interesting. Okay, so uh, I guess we'll go back and forth, back and forth here. All cool. right, so my list is a little bit different um, w- from what you've got from the Eastern side. I thought the East was actually a little bit harder than the West. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it was actually a little bit harder. So um, I've got Trey Young as as my in my backcourt. I've got okay. Trey Young uh, as a starter. Um, and I also have uh, James Harden as well. So I've got hard. I've got Trey Young and James Harden. OK. All right. In the back in, in the front court. Um, I've got the Celtics tandem, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown, he does it on both ends, Mike. Um, <clears throat> I think he's the leading candidate for comeback, uh, not comeback, most improved player of the year. Not saying he wasn't always improved, but not this improved. Um, oh. uh, career highs across the board, you know, free throw percentage, field goal percentage, three-point percentage. I mean, the list goes on. So, and Jason Tatum, I think he was a lock as well. Um, he's been constant too, 26 and a half a game. Um and then up front, I've got Zach Levine. I've got Zach Levine as well. I mean, come on, Mike, for the right things you said. Zach Man, Levine, oh he's been he's been special. I've got Bam Adebayo from Miami. I know Miami is uh, – no, not Bam Adebayo. Excuse me. I apologize. Randall. Uh, Julius Randall. Julius, Rand- yeah, Julius yeah. Randall uh, for the Knicks. And just like you said, Mike, Julius Randall and these guys, they've exceeded expectations. They've exceeded expectations. They've already – this is the next season already. And because Julius Randle leading score 22.3 um, per game, a double-double, 11 boards a game. Um, he, and defensively, Mike, you've never heard that from Randle. Buying into right. what Thibodeau wants them to do in New York. Um, he's uh, my power forward. And then to round off, I have um, Van Vliet. Uh, Toronto has been special, Mike. <clears throat> Toronto has been special. They've been red hot. Um, beating the Bucks twice, beating Philadelphia the, the other day. Um, it, the the Toronto Raptors they were two and eight, and all of a sudden, Mike, in their last twenty games, thirteen and seven, and now fourteen and seven, actually, because of Van Vliet. And so that actually rounds up my top seven. I go Trey Young and Harden in the backcourt. Okay, I've got um, Randall, JB, and JT as a starting five, and then off the bench, I'll have Van Vliet and Levine. I think that is my uh top seven right there i'm not mad at that van that fred van vliet because he, he's actually been playing well in toronto like you said has been playing very well after that two and eight start they won they won some ball games so uh yeah I, I'm, I'm not i'm not mad at that van vliet that van vliet said that, that's a that's a nice lineup right 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 there we'll start off with your western conference reserves mike sure my western conference was so at point guard i would well at point guard i got chris paul chris paul has been playing well again i mean he just it almost seems like this guy ages backwards yeah. when you're watching him play. I like I like what Chris Paul has done in Phoenix so far this year. Uh, he's, he's 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 got those guys with a winning belief. And um, Luka Doncic was on my reserve. Obviously, he's in the starter, but I had him on my reserve as a guard as a guard on there. Paul George as my three. Paul George has come back this year playing very good basketball. I mean, all the pressure was on him this offseason. Uh, he, he he came out and said last year when he was hurt, he didn't have an offseason to really prepare. But this year, he actually had a full offseason with Kawhi to get some practices in, and, and you've seen it. They, they've shown it on the court this year. So, Paul George has been playing good basketball. Zion Williamson, I was torn. This was a hard one because it was between, for me, at this position, it was hard to put, like, you know, Zion Williamson or Christian Wood, which one I wanted to go with. Because Christian Wood had been playing good basketball, but he was hurt. And, and, and you can make a real case for him. Also, because of ever since his absence, they they haven't won a game. Mm-hmm. They, they they were defeated ever since he got hurt. So it was it was tough between Zion Williamson and Christian Wood. But I ended up going with Zion Williamson because he's been playing very consistent basketball through a long stretch of time. So Zion's Browns support Anthony Davis is at five, and um, I know I understand he's hurt and everything like that. And he more than likely won't play in the All Star game. So I would insert Christian Wood in that spot right there if I had to put one right there, over Anthony Davis. But I had Anthony Davis before the injury. Mm-hmm. Never... Interesting. That's right. That's right. Because he may not yeah. play. That's right. Yeah. He's more than likely not going to play. But I had AD before the injury. Um, but Christian Wood might have to fall in that line. But uh, Devin Booker also is one of my reserves. He's been playing good basketball yes, this year. Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and to round out my Western reserves, I'm going to go with Brandon Ingram. 
Uh, he he deserve he deserves this moment because last year he he became an all star and this year he improved from what he did last year and you see the improvements in this game it's, it's becoming more flawless I like what I'm seeing Brandon Ingram is an all star on the Western Conference and that rounds up my reserves interesting interesting so, and you got yes. Luca in there right I, see I do have Luca yes I yes do. you do have Luca okay my list is different and and you're probably this is probably gonna be glaring to you I've got Anthony Davis on there obviously. Um, regardless if he plays or he doesn't, I still think the guy deserves to be an all-star. He is an all-star. Maybe he hasn't played an all-star caliber uh, performance this year, but I do think he's still an all-star. Paul George, Paul George, Mike, 50-40-90, uh, 50% from the field, 41% from three, and a nearly 91 from the line. Paul George is having a phenomenal season, averaging 24.5 a game. Um, the Clippers, they're they're steady, right? They're they're not. Yeah. They're, they're just steady. They're just steady. So, um, Paul George uh, is there too. Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard. Um, I, I mentioned that he should have been a starter. He didn't get that knob. I am actually going to give Damian Lillard my uh, uh West Reserve spot for there. Um, Devin Booker, that's my number four. Devin Booker. Um, we know what the Suns are. They're fourth in the West. We know what Monty Williams have done uh, um, to kind of rejuvenate and give that identity to the Suns team. I like what I've seen from Devin Booker. And did you see that crossover last night, Mike? Unbelievable. Devin Booker uh, is is an all-star to me. Chris Paul. Chris Paul as well, Mike. Chris Paul is an all-star to me as well. Um, what he's done just from a leadership standpoint. Um, Chris Paul, Mike, from a leadership standpoint, you know what he brings in the defensive end, being able to run that pick and roll with DeAndre Ayton. So I've got two sons uh, there. And then to round out my reserves, I've got two Utah Jazz. I've got Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. We know what the Jazz represent, Mike. They've won 20 of their last 22. Top seed in the entire NBA. Donovan Mitchell, unbelievable. He may be an all-NBA performer, 25 and a half points per game. And Rudy Gobert, he's been the anchor. He's been the anchor defensively for what the Utah Jazz have done, being able to be top five in offense, top five in defense. They are also number two in net rating, number three in defensive rating. So the Jazz is as good as it gets. I had to reward both Mitchell and Gobert. Okay. I had to have so two Jazz, two Suns, Dame, AD and PG. Yeah. And I know a lot of people say, where's Luka Doncic in this list? But from per, I, I, I based this off of my just pure performance from the first half of the season. And I thought those guys were deserving enough to be in the All-Star game. Not saying that uh, Luka isn't, but you know, on my list, I thought those guys were more well-deserving to be on the list. So, I mean, this is why it's so tough, because it's crazy. I looked at my West Reserves, and I, I realized I don't have Donovan Mitchell anyway. I didn't put Donovan Mitchell in anyway. And I, right. I, I'm starting to regret that. I really, okay, now now I, I see what you did. If I had to take anybody out of my reserves for Donovan Mitchell, it would be Luka Doncic. It would yeah. be. It would be, because um what he's done, like, ever since Shaq is motivated, even before Shaq said what he said on TNT, he was balling. But after ever since that moment, Donovan Mitchell has been on the tear. So, you're right. He deserves to be in my all-star, my all-star yeah. list. I, I totally forgot about him. I, I, I would say this, Mike. Brandon Ingram, that's an interesting one. I I, I thought that, that that's a very, very interesting one. Yeah. Um, I didn't think that you would you would put Brandon Ingram. I, I thought um, that that was a little bit interesting. I love what I've seen from Brandon Ingram. I know the wins haven't totaled it up and stuff like that, but the production on the court is from him. Is I, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing, and I saw right. that, especially the last few weeks or so. I'm starting to see him coming to his own and stuff. So, yeah, Brandon Ingram has, has impressed me a lot That's when I watched the, the Pelicans play. And and Zion Williamson's is interesting. I know that the media wants to see him in an all-star game just because it's Zion. I just thought that, you know, overall – Gobert, AD, you know, those he's he's going up against those type of forwards, point power forward centers in the in the West. It's it's difficult. Um uh, some honorable mentions. Um De'Aaron Fox was close, Mike. De'Aaron Fox was very close on this list. Um what he's done with the, the Sacramento Kings, keeping them afloat. He was very, very close, as well as Ja, ja Morant, too. Um, I just think that those guys are still young and they still have to pay their dues, much like Damian right. Miller did for years. Much like Devin Booker had to pay his dues for years, so um, it, it, I think I think at the end of the day, 
not only if it's 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 the media and the fan vote, but it's a popularity vote, Mike. You gotta you gotta be at least a borderline vet in this league to be able to be named it a West Salt Reserve. So I think sooner rather than later, Fox and, and John Morant's time will come. Yeah, when you have tough competition like you do, and so, and so much competitive balance across the board, you're gonna have players every single season that you say, "Oh, they're they're all star caliber. They they could have been in, but it's it's a small list, and you have to be that much more extraordinary. You have to play at that much of a higher level. So, nah, it's it's um, th- th- their time is coming. Their dudes will be here. They're 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 just going through through what they're going through right now. All it will do is motivate those young guys to come out even even stronger and make sure they get that nod next year. Agreed. And the East, um, an honorable mention. I had Jimmy Butler, but he's been out from most of the year we all know right. we all know jimmy butler is a all-star for sure um since coming back in these last five or six games he's already had three triple doubles i just think his entire body of work since he's been out for all this time i couldn't put him over uh you know guys like Harden, levine even trey young i have on my list um i don't think you had trey young on your list but i rewarded I him because of what atlanta's doing so uh, that yeah. that was mine got you yeah, yeah. now jimmy butler jimmy butler um he, it was the only the injuries, the only the injury because the injuries affected also the the Miami during that time span when they were losing games and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, I, I agree, I agree with the Jimmy perspective. But now, nah, my Trey, Trey Young was one of the honorable mentions for me because he has been playing well for the uh, for the Hawks this year. It's just been so tight, man, with so much competitive balance, man. It's just, it's always going to be somebody that's all star worthy that's being left off, and that's the situation we had this year with the plethora, with a few players actually. Yeah, interesting. Gordon Hayward and All-Star, Mike. Gordon that, Hayward, man. I love what I'm saying. De- debatable, balling, debatable, 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 man. I'm biased. I've been watching – I ain't going to lie to you, sir. I've been watching a lot of Hornets games, a lot of Pelicans games. That's why you see a lot of, you know, love showing that way, but it's all good. All right, all right. I'm pretty sure we'll have a lot of these to come. Folks, if you want to chime in on both of our lists, both of our lists will actually be updated on Instagram today. Mike's list and – of course, my list as well. You can chime in. What did we get right and what did we get wrong? But when we come back, our third and final segment, college ba- college football, college basketball, and also some NFL stuff. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show, live in Studio Z. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show, our third and final segment on today's show. That was quick, Mike, because put those out uh, because the reserves are named tonight on TNT, 7 Eastern, uh, just before the Mavs and the Celtics game. It was crucial that we had done those before, you know, they named those tonight. That's going to be very interesting to watch there for sure. Absolutely, man. Always good to get the updated versions out, get our perspectives out, because you never know what the difference is between our versions and their versions. So it's it's definitely dope. A lot of politics there for sure. I'm pretty sure we'll have (laughs) something to talk about in next week's show. College hoops. College hoops, Mike. Um, Obviously, we understand what was going on. Big game last night. Kate Cunningham versus Mac McClung in double OT. In in, in OT, excuse me, not double OT. Um, Cade and the Cowboys got it done. Um, Very impressed with this Texas Tech team still. Going into going going into obviously the Big Twelve tournament in a few weeks and things like that, but um, yeah, it, it's gonna be very interesting, very very interesting. Um, what have you seen, Mike, in college basketball as we start to get into tournament championship weekend and of course, obviously the big dance. I've seen I've seen some very I've seen some very competitive basketball. I mean, I, I recently watched the Michigan uh Michigan win on on Sunday. When they when they uh, when they when they got a huge win against Ohio State on the road, uh, beating them ninety two eighty seven, it was a it was a great game. I just I just I just really enjoy watching this team play, man. I mean, you know, Livers did his thing. Wagner Wagner does his thing. I mean, Dickinson had a game twenty two and nine. These guys these guys performed and they balled out against a very tough, gritty I, I, uh, EJ Liddell and the Ohio State team. So. I, I love what I saw from the Michigan from Michigan so far. Like I like I continuously see from Michigan. Um Gonzaga continues to dominate. I mean there's nothing new there. Hey, 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 hey Sebby, guess what, man? Mm-hmm. G- guess guess what Duke did over the weekend? They won a game. 
They beat no, not only one, they beat a top fifteen team. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's interesting. That that's special, that's, that's something. They, they 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 got a tough win against a, a Virginia team who's actually been dropping a lot. I've seen Virginia. Virginia is the one of the teams, Sebi, that I've seen drop tremendously over the last two weeks. From going to the top five, top in that area, to now you're in the top 15, to now losing to Duke. Now you're probably going to be somewhere between the top 20 as it is when they've dropped tremendously over the past few weeks or so. UVA is not the team that we've expected them to be. They've actually slipped the last few games. They, uh, they need to get more consistent because the games that they're losing are costing them seedings, and that could that, that could spell danger for them later on. But um, all in all, I'm just, I'm just saying some competitive basketball, man. I mean, it's just back and forth, um, you know, big time performances. But um, yeah, it's, it's been it's been some good basketball so far. I'm just I'm just ready for the tournament, man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, that for sure. The question still comes: um, it, it, Do we put? Uh, uh, is there anybody that's going to be able to beat Baylor? Is there anybody that's going to be able to beat this Michigan team, Mike? Anybody that's going to be able to meet uh, the Gonzaga? Any, uh, think about this, Mike. The Big Ten, five teams in the top ten. Now, that's how strong it is. So top heavy. Uh, what what are we seeing in that top top ten line? Man, we're seeing some. Uh, we're seeing competitive balance across the board. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing guys. You know, we're seeing teams all over. Like you know, Michigan, Ohio State, of course, Illinois. Has been playing good basketball there. They're sitting at number five right now. I mean, you just, what we're seeing right now is uh, from one to two, they're, 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 they're levels ahead of three to ten, yeah. if, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I wouldn't say too much levels ahead of Michigan mm-hmm. and, and probably Ohio State. I would put Ohio State somewhat in that category. But from about four to ten, they're there. They're, they're, that's the competitive balance that's about almost equal as, as, to some degree. Because one, one to two, I mean Gonzaga and Baylor, they're, they're just they're just top notch. I mean, and and Gonzaga, Gonzaga's a strange team, man, because it's one of those teams that's hard to gauge because they're so dominant against lesser competition. Right. So you, it's it's easy to say they're number one right now and this that and third because they were given the preseason number one to start the season. Yeah. But at the same time, when you give a team like Gonzaga the preseason number one, and they go against lesser competition throughout the right. season, you're gonna see them hold on to that number one for a long time until they run into some stiff competition right. later on in the game. They've They've dominated this season, so it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for teams to combat them. I do believe Baylor is, is right there with them. Baylor, I know for a fact, Baylor is right there with Gonzaga. I know that for a fact, if not probably better than them. And they might be better suited heading into March, March Madness, because of the competition that they've played as opposed to with the competition that Gonzaga's played getting them prepared for March. So that's what I look at it from the standpoint of not only not only who's, who's, who's uh, on the level of Gonzaga or Baylor, but how good really is Gonzaga? Because we haven't really seen them go against anybody. They've dominated everybody by double digits except West Virginia. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. There for sure. They've they've dominated everybody over the weekend. We saw Michigan and Ohio State, Mike. That was yeah, as yeah, advertised. Yeah. Ninety-two eighty-seven for the Wolverines on the road in Columbus, beating the mighty mighty Buckeyes. That was a big big game right there. Because not only does it have you know you know scenarios and and implications in. Who gets that, uh, you know, wins the Big Ten regular season championship in the Big Ten. But also it has implications on that one line for when it comes oh, yeah. to seeding coming to the tournament. That was a huge win on the road for Jawan Howard's team. Absolutely, man. It, it was fun to watch, Sebi. I, I don't know if you got a chance to tune in, but it was an amazing basketball game. I mean, back back and forth. I mean, you just sort of – it felt like a March Madness tournament game. Like, that's how competitive it was between both sides. And this is one of those wins. They Michigan has had a lot of these wins uh, this year. They've had wins on the road that are program-shaping wins. Yeah. When you go to a Wisconsin after you dominated them at home and you know that they're coming, uh, uh, they're coming for blood on their home court, they start off fast. You weather the storm, and you're able to close the game out at the end. Like this is 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 program shaping wins mm-hmm. that I'm starting to see from Michigan, and I, I'm loving it from Jawan Howard. Yeah, absolutely, there for sure. Here's the stat on Michigan, Mike. BPI, they're ranked number one, and also mm-hmm. here's this: they're the only program in the country to have the most quad one wins in this season. So <laughs> that 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 to me, to, I don't know, Mike, to me, that 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 tells me a one line, right? Right, it's not like they're getting uh sub, sub beating sub five hundred teams. No, they're beating some of the top teams in the country. So it is it, that that's what makes them even more impressive. Very strong resume, uh, for the Wolverines there for sure. SCC, obviously, we've got Alabama going well. A down year for Calipari's team. We understand that, but yeah. Auburn is still there. You've got some other teams uh, that's still in the hunt. I think Florida was the next four out. 
how is this shaping out there in the SEC? Uh, the SEC is interesting. You got Alabama, of course, is going to do their thing. They're, 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 they've been one of the most consistent teams this year on both sides of the ball. I really like them defensively, though. Sebi, Sebi defensively, they look like a much more tight unit. And offensively, when they get on run, I'll forget about it. Arkansas has been pretty been pretty solid this year. I like what I'm seeing from them. LSU has been has, – has, 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 has picked it up tremendously late. Rather pedestrian, I'll say, though. I'll say, I'll say that. But kind of protect, yeah, kind of pedestrian. But they, they're a team that, you know, I, I really wanted for some of these players, Sebi, not, not not to get too much off topic, but how much do they, do they look forward to the March Madness? Because sometimes we hear about professionals, how they can get bored throughout the season. When I watch LSU, I, sometimes I feel like they get bored throughout the season, and they're waiting for March. That's the vibe I get from LSU sometimes. But uh, Florida, Florida, um, they, they, they've, um, they, they've been in the, in the middle of the pack and stuff like that, but uh, you're right, Kentucky's been there. But yeah, the, the, Auburn's, Auburn's been an average team at best this year, I, you know, they have some star-studded players, of course, on their team. But as a collective unit, they've been an average team this year. So when I look at the the, the top half, I'm looking at Alabama, looking at Auburn, teams like Florida, who who even though their record isn't as sharp as a as a Alabama as far as conference wins are concerned and things like that, man, that Florida team is a scary team to me because that Florida team is sneaky. And and at the end of the day, it's not a seven-game series, a three-game series, it's one game. And one game can, can, can change it all. And the size of Florida is what scares me the most for Alabama. But Alabama has looked like the most complete team in the conference so far. So I still have Alabama at the top. We goals. know what the Big 12 represents with Baylor. A lot of big games. We talk about Oklahoma. We talk about Texas. Talk about, obviously, um, West Virginia in the Big 12. The Big 12, my opposite of the Big 10, probably is the second strongest conference in the country. Um, big things, huge road wins for Oklahoma, huge wins as well uh, for Texas as well. In fact, tonight you have Kansas and Texas and, and Texas tonight, but maybe um, the Jayhawks are trying to get some re- revenge from the beatdown that they got out there in Lawrence in the fog um, as well. You've got Oklahoma going against Kansas State on the road. The Big 12, there's still a lot of stuff that needs to be uh, shaped in that conference as well. It is, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, Baylor might be the best team, but man, Oklahoma is probably the most, the most fun team to watch. I mean, here and there, man, when you watch Austin Reeves, man, this brother's special, man. Yeah, you got to tune in to Oklahoma State if you haven't tuned in, man. Austin Reeves is a special player. He can score the basketball. He can facilitate. Uh, he's very shifty with it, with, with his uh, with his progressions. Uh, I, I love what I'm seeing from Oklahoma. This guy, that's a that's an interesting ball club. I don't, I wouldn't see Oklahoma beating a Baylor if they were to match up in a. Uh, in a, in a conference championship game, but man, it would be an exciting, fun, a fun matchup to watch. But uh, Kansas, Kansas is definitely a team that's going to be in competition. It's a big game tonight. I'm tuned in. I can't wait. I'm going I'm to I'm see that one. West Virginia has been a, a competitive team throughout. Texas has slipped a little bit um, uh, lately, as you will. I actually had them as a, a top three seed coming into this season. I thought they would bounce back tremendously after uh, the last couple of years, but um, and they started off well, but they've they they they've trended they've trended downwards a little bit to some degree uh, over the last few weeks. So I'm looking to see them how they finish the rest of the season leading into March and leading into the the the, the tournament because Texas is a team that man I, I had high hopes for and, and they they last couple of weeks I've not been impressed. But um but Baylor and Oklahoma are the, are the top two dogs. Baylor's Baylor is the top dog over everybody. But uh, Oklahoma is just a fun team to watch. I I love what I've seen from them especially over the last three games winning those last three. And obviously, uh, for sure, we can't talk about college basketball if we don't talk about the the Big East. Um, you, obviously, you've got Villanova eighth overall right now in the country. Colin Gillespie's been steady all year for Jay Wright's team. But don't sleep on Zagorowski and this Creighton Blue Jays team, Mike. I think this is the team, and if in the postseason, if they can get hot from the three point line. Oh, man, they've got guard play that is ridiculous as well. I think Creighton is a team, too, in the Big East that will give not only Villanova some heat and some trouble in the conference tournament, but also if they get into the a good bracket, maybe a solid bracket where they have an easy path because of the ability of Zagorowski and these other players that can shoot the three, that's also a dangerous team come tournament. Oh, Sebi, you must have been sneaking in my notes, man, because that's exactly what I was getting ready to say about Creighton. Man, Creighton has been a very impressive basketball team this year. Villanova, I'm going to say this about Villanova. Villanova is a great basketball yeah. team. But but when it comes to going against conference play, like they're not in two in the conference this year, so don't get me wrong. But they play some of their toughest competition in the conference, and I'm going to tell you why. I saw it firsthand live last year. These teams know Villanova. They match up well with Villanova. 
Georgetown was a bottom of the pack team, not only in college basketball, but in the Big East. And last year, they almost beat Villanova. And it, it took a one-point victory to escape D.C. and beat, and beat Georgetown with Villanova last year. Like, Villanova has some of the toughest competition in the Big East, which is why you have Jay Wright come out and say last year in the press conference, oh, this is the best conference, and this is the best conference in college basketball, because he knows the competition that he goes against every time he goes against a Big East foe. There's, there's so much competition in these guys, it's crazy. But Creighton has been a, a phenomenal team, especially shooting the basketball. They can make some things happen. If they were to meet up with Villanova, man, that would be a toss-up, and I wouldn't be opposed to anybody picking Creighton to beat Villanova, because that's how good Creighton is, and that's how tough this conference can be. And Villanova has been a very good, very good basketball team this year. But Creighton, man, I love what I'm saying. They can shoot the lights out of this gym. They, 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 they are very, very, very good. Uh, Coach McDermott really has that team um, back again in the national realm where they're talking about the Creighton Blue Jays again uh, like they used to back when his son, Dougie McDermott, Dougie McBuckets was there, uh, there for sure. Closing arguments, Mike, and I have a weird feeling you're going – Somewhere in the NFL, perhaps the, the the cam situation that's out there. Yes, my closing argument goes out to all the young kings. All the young kings out there, understand that situation with Cam Newton and the, and the young boy. When I first when I first looked at it, I looked at it as just regular trash talking. But when you get when you get personal, that's when you have a problem. And understand that everything you do out here is not for attention. You don't always have to go on social, do everything for social media likes and for views and for, for, for fame and this, then the third. Sometimes sometimes you might run into that wrong person that might give you the attention that you want in a negative way. I, I applaud Cam Newton for giving that brother the attention he wanted in a positive way, understanding where he's coming from, humbling, hum, humbling himself, realizing that it's bigger than social media. It's bigger than trying to you know show off and, and, and be this tough guy because when he confronted him like, like a man straight up, uh, the the brother was the brother was uh, had had a different level of energy than when he first started off. So understand this, understand this, young kings. When you when you confront a grown man and you confront a grown man on a grown man level, you have to understand that he will come back at you on a grown man level because he feels like you're on the you are there as well. Or he will educate you and and let you understand if you're not there. Nah, this ain't you, bro. This ain't what you need to be doing. So yeah, it was a, it was great. I love what I saw from the young boy because it gave him a chance to an experience to understand. It's a learning curve. Yep. It's a learning curve. All it is is a learning experience because we've all been there. We've seen kids like that all the time. We were those kids when we were younger. We wanted to talk trash to you know some of the top players and that's that and the third just to just you know see their reaction and things like that. But understand, understand, you can go too far. With that, sometimes trying to get too much attention can get you too far. And I love the way Cam Newton handled the situation. They squashed it out and talked to like young men, and 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 that young king will learn from that, and he will be a better person later on in life because of that. And uh, hats off to Cam Newton for that that dialogue that they had, and hats off to the young king for apologizing and making things right because uh, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Absolutely, there for sure. And I think Cam, you heard what he said, Mike. He said that. <laughs> he said that his pride won't let him believe that there's 32 quarterbacks in the NFL that's better than him. You know, he, he doesn't, his pride won't let him happen. I think we're going to see a vengeance-like year for Cam Newton. I thought it'd be last year. But, man, I think this year, you know, he's got something to prove, motivation, people talking about him, bashing him. And, and he's asking, like, it's, it's funny. You know, Brandon Marshall, one of the favorite podcasts I like to watch, um, of, of yeah. course, uh, that, that, that they got going on with Shannon Crowder and, and, and oh, yeah. um, my boy Ocho I, I am an athlete, man. It does, it's, that is as good as it gets. And uh, he, they had him as a guest, and he said that there aren't 32 guys that is better than me. Brandon asked the question, so what, what do you think are you? You're top five, top ten, what do you think are you? He said, I know I'm not 32. <laughs> so well, it, it's, it's going to be interesting, Mike. Yeah, it is going to be interesting, and this would be my only rebuttal to Cam. At this point in your career, and, and, and any player that has this mentality, it's not about you being better than the 32 other quarterbacks that are starting. It's about are you uh, the best fit for this team, for this franchise. And outside of New England last year, nobody else thought that you were a be the best fit to be the starter on, on their roster. So it's a situation where Cam has to find himself. It's not about being better than other quarterbacks. Because we all know. 
There's not 32 quarterbacks better than Cam. But there were 32 quarterbacks that organizations felt last year were in a better position to lead their franchise. And that's the biggest key for Cam Newton that he has to understand. Which team and which franchise gives you the best chance to excel at this point in your career? And that's where you need to be moving forward. But worrying about uh, who's better between you and the other starting quarterbacks, that's not – That's not. of course we all know that. That's not the, the, the main debate here. So the, I think Cam needs to shift his focus onto who's the best fit. And, and and that's when we'll see the best version of Cam. Uh, Mike's closing arguments. You can never doubt those. You heard it from the man himself. And that is our show for today. Hope everybody has a great rest of their weekend. We'll be here on air next week. The Sevy Podcast Radio Show. We'll see you guys next time. Hey, everyone. We're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show. And frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected. SevyPodcast.info link for the latest news, articles, interviews, and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online, The Sebi Podcast is wherever you go.